there we go. Well, welcome our visitors. Great that you could be here this morning, our guests. Um, it's great you've come. It's awesome. If you want to know more, and who's loving life? I'm loving life. Who's loving Cam? How good's that? Christ. That's brilliant. So this morning, uh, I'm just going to jump off what uh, Cam said, because we don't need to say anything else. I think that's just it. Uh, Christ. But uh, we're reaching our world. We've come into this uh, theme called Reach Our World. And uh, this morning, uh, I want to just expand on that, really, is that it was Christ with outstretched arms. And so this morning, I just want to talk about outstretched. You know, it was um, God's way that he chose to connect humanity back to him. Do you realize that? It, It is God's way, Christ. Not Christ, but Christ and, it's just Christ. And uh, this week I was just had it on my heart is just this theme, outstretched arms. Um, there's something about outstretched arms. It, it, it's like this thing where your arms are outstretched. It's like, you know, being a parent, you know, your son always wants to jump into your arms, but in order for it to catch him, you've got to have arms outstretched. Do you realize that? Um, one of my daughters tried it without telling any of us and broke her arm, but, you know, that's fine. She was only two, so she barely remembers. But, you know, there are some times where outstretched arm, it positions you in a place to receive. Do you realise that? It it positions you in a place to give. And I was just reading through an unknown quote this week, and it said, I asked Jesus how much you love me. And Jesus said, this much. Then he stretched out his arms and died. Really, it's just the story of Easter. I love this whole leading into Easter. Why? Because we can undeniably just share the message of Christ. It is a time where the whole world stops and looks upon the cross. It looks upon Christ. You know, I was thinking through that, that unknown quote, but there was something that I would love to add to it, is that, you know, I believe that he outstretched his arms... And then he embraced humanity. It was a position where he held his arms out in order to embrace you and I. Outstretched arms is at this place where grace and mercy flowed. It's at that place where grace and mercy flowed. Grace. Grace is what one receives that they do not deserve. Do you realise that? Grace is what one receives that they do not deserve. Well, then what's the difference between grace and mercy? Well, mercy is this. Mercy is what one receives when they do not get what that which they deserve. And at this point on the cross, with outstretched arms, is where grace and mercy flowed. In Romans 5, verse 8, it says, But God showed and clearly proves his love for us by the fact that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. You might be unworthy, but he says you're worth it. At this point, outstretched arms. It's where he receives us, our sin, our faults, and in turn, we receive him. Perfection. It's at that point where he takes on all of humanity. He takes on all of the ugly and then we receive 
all of the perfection of all those who are willing to receive it. It actually comes down to us whether we're willing to receive it. Outstretched arms. It's an act that embraces humanity and at the same time embraces the individual. I love Sunday mornings coming in the front door. Some people hate it. There are some people I see try to come in the back fire escape. You know, they, they run around and then they find it's locked. Oh, I've got to go through the gauntlet. But I, I love the front door. Why? Because it's individuals, it's volunteers that are saying, you know what, we found the love of Christ. We want to welcome people into our family. I love our church. And you just see the difference in people coming through. I'll tell you what, I'm not really a hugger. I'll just put it out there. You know those awkward moments where you find someone or you meet someone for the first time and, and they're a hugger? You know, their arms are outstretched. It's like, give me a hug. And I'm like, you yeah, know. You know, my arms don't leave the side and it's like this embrace like this. Yay, thank you. Save me, Carolina. You know, Auntie Mavis and the kids, you know, ah, and Judah's running down the road. No, save me. You know, there are these moments that you just don't want to hug. You know, and I love seeing people come through the front door and seeing each and every one of you, the way you react. And especially when you come through for the first time, it's like these strangers. Hey, how you going? You know, they're stretching out their arm to give you a handshake. And you're like, hello, does anyone handshake these days? You know, those moments. And then, I don't know, every now and then Gustav's on the front door and it's like, Rah! and I think he has about five or ten people in the same arm. You know, it's like, welcome to church. Yeah, and they, there are different things. It's all embraced. Outstretched arms is where you receive individuals. And, and on the cross, he had outstretched arms where he received humanity. It's where he took part of it. And I love the church for this moment. And I love the church that when we come... We can embrace each other where we're at. My first point this morning is outstretched arms embraces humanity. Is that as a church, we are called to embrace humanity like our saviour. You know, Paul writes to Timothy telling him, pray, intercede for those that are in authority. In other words, pray for those, pray for all humanity right now. And then in 1 Timothy 2, verse 3 to 5, it says, for this is a good and acceptable in the sight of of God the Saviour, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge and truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God men, and men, the man Christ Jesus. Christ is enough. God desires that all will be saved. He desires us as a church to embrace all that come through the doors. He desires all of us to come to a place with open arms so that people can come and partake of who He is. That is the position that we need to take. That is the posture of our heart. Our heart should be postured so that others can come and partake of who He is. He desires that all, all would be saved. All would come to the knowledge and truth of who He is. You know, it's not just for the elite to take part in only. It is for whoever is willing. It's for whoever is willing. It is a, it's a free gift. It's the gift of life. Yeah, that's it. When he outstretched his arm, it was a free gift to all humanity. Yeah. It was me saying, hey, come and partake of it. He, he wasn't like this. 
come and get it. Come and partake. Here, I'm offering all that I am. I'm giving my life right now for each and every one of you. Right now, I'm being the living sacrifice, the one and only sacrifice, the one and only connection to a heavenly father. And he outstretched his arms. Romans 1 verse 16 says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. This is Paul writing. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. The gospel is what we have. The gospel of Christ, heaven coming to earth, the kingdom of heaven being here right now. Jesus dying on the cross is the good news. It is the power of the gospel. Are you ashamed of the gospel? Are you willing to declare the gospel? Are you willing to live with open arms and share the life of Christ? It is for everyone who believes. Believes. We don't get to choose, we just get to share. Everyone who believes, first Jew and then Gentile. In other words, for everyone. Everyone. For whoever believes, it gives all access. Do you realize that? As soon as we believe in God, as soon as we believe who He is, it gives us access. It gives us access to what? Salvation. It gives us access to all the promises within the Bible. It gives us access to eternal life, to peace. It gives us access to walk boldly into the throne room. When we're worshipping, we can walk boldly into the throne room. Into the presence of God Himself. It, It gives us access to healing, to reconciliation, to Holy Spirit, to the Holy Spirit. It gives us access to victory in our life that that we cannot no longer live as a victim to life, but as a victor to life. And it comes through Him. The Gospel is for all humanity, no matter the creed, the race, the social status. It says this, it says, come as you are, but I guarantee you, you won't stay as you are. How can you deny the cross? He's like, hey, come on, this is a free gift. I'm ready to receive all that you have and in turn receive who I am. Receive my perfection. Receive wholeness. Receive peace of mind. Outstretched arms. Come as you are, but I I guarantee you won't stay as you are. I, I love hearing of the testimonies in church. You know, of individuals that walk through our doors And they say that they've found healing. They say, why? Because arms wide open. Why? Because there there is a congregation here that is ready to meet people where they're at. With arms wide open, they share the love of Christ. And over time and time again, they tell me, people that have been here for at least 6 to 12 months out there, like, hey, listen, you know what? We've found healing. We've found that healing again. We've found family. But more than that, we've found God. We found God. Why? Because we have a church with open arms. With open arms that share the love of God. It is great. It is 
phenomenal what takes place. To share the love of God. <laughs> I was talking with a lady recently, and uh, she's just started coming. And uh, we met up, and, and she asked me this question. She's like, so I want to know, what religion are you? Religion? Yeah, yeah, religion. Like, I can't work it out. It's not religious. <laughs> so I'm just trying to catch up, and she comes out of a Catholic background. She's talking about religion. I'm like, well, okay. I'll let her talk. I've just got to stop you there. Um, and she's trying to work out, how does everyone... T- why is there so many people happy at the front door? Why are there so many young people in church? Why is the... Mute, why, and she's trying to... And she's like, I can't wait. What religion? Oh, okay. First of all, if you want to really understand it, it's actually about relationship. It's about relationship with God. It's about relationship with others. And, and if I was to say anything, I, I would say, you know, if you want to put it under a religion, it's under Pentecostal. Yeah. But more than that, it's relationship. And she's like... Ah, I get it. I get it. Because all this time she'd been thinking that she needed religion, where at the end of the day, all she needed was relationship. You know, and I believe the world today, that they don't need any more religion, they just need relationship with God. And Christ, outstretched arms, said, come as you are, and embraced all of humanity all of humanity. In that moment of bracing all of humanity which covered the multitudes, he embraced the individual. He honed in on the individual, the one. I love reading through the stories in the New Testament of Jesus. And really the amount that he gave the Sadducees and Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, he really just stuck it to them. And I love reading through it, and I love that after Easter, we're going to go into red letters in the Bible. It's going to be phenomenal. So that month, bring your Bible. But we're going to go into that. But, but what we're doing is, but I love reading through, and in Matthew chapter 9, 9 to 13, is the story of, of when he found Matthew, the tax collector. And he was picking out his disciples, and he decided, you know what, I'm going to have this guy called a tax collector. And, and it's funny because, you know, Jesus saw him, met him at the tax office, his booth, collecting taxes, and said, hey, listen, I want to come to your place. And what took place and what unfolded next was we find Jesus having dinner at Matthew's house. And in verse 10, it said, while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? And on hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy that need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous but sinners. Every time. He knew his purpose. He knew the purpose of the cross. He knew the purpose of why he walked this earth. The purpose was to connect all humanity, individuals, back to Christ. 
no matter where they were at. And he was saying, hey, listen, come on, you know what, let's stop looking at religion and let's start looking at relationship. Let's start looking at connecting people back to, our, to the church, but back to God. Yes. You know, you, you've lost your way. Let's, let's come back. Let's call the sinners in. Let's call those that don't have a relationship with God. How many individuals in your world right now that you know that aren't walking with God? Do you embrace them or do you shun them? Do you include them? Do you, in, do you show them the love of Christ? Yeah. Grace can be inviting to the unrighteous and threatening to the self-righteous. Whoa. Unbelievable. And here he was sitting at a table with sinners. With ones that were maybe deemed unworthy of salvation. But he embraced the individual. He embraced the individual. He was in the world, but not of the world. He knew his purpose. He knew why he was here. He knew why he dined with those. Yeah. You know, I find this, is that God didn't go to all this trouble sending his son to point the finger. He didn't go to all this trouble to point the finger. You know, Luke 19, verse 10, it says, For the Son of God, the Son of Man, has come to seek and to save that which was lost. He was on purpose. Outstretched arms is, is a position of purpose. He had purpose in everything that he did. His purpose was to heal the sick, to set the captives free, to bring the good news that the kingdom of heaven is here. Now, I find it funny how some people come to me and they say, Sam, you, you need to preach on how unworthy we are and what Jesus did. In other words, you need to tell everyone that they're sinners and that we're unworthy of what we've got. I'm like, do they actually want to see anyone in church? So I start with them. <laughs> no. So I go, yeah, okay, this week I'm going to preach. I'm going to preach a cracker message, turn or burn. <laughs> so this morning I've titled this message, turn or burn. <laughs> you know, I've come to this realisation that the world does it enough. That the devil doesn't need any more help than for the church to go around and do that. Yeah. I remember being in a uh, Youth Alive meeting, meeting a great leader by the name of Tim Ross. And uh, I remember him starting up, praying for the opening of his message. And he closed his eyes and he, and he said, thank you God for your promiscuous grace. Amen. Yeah. I was sitting there, I'm like, can he say that? Promiscuous. <laughs> Can promiscuous and God and grace be in the same sentence? <laughs> and I was like, wow, what church does he come from? Does he go to church? Is he saved? <laughs> it challenged my theology. Because I was like, yeah, he's right. 
You know, no matter how promiscuous the sin, God's grace and mercy can outclass that. When he hung on the cross, he took on all the sins of the world. He took on all our ugliness, our faults. And said, hey, listen, I'm going to embrace you. I'm going to embrace all that. I'm going to take it upon myself. And I'm going to give you me instead of Christ. I'm going to give you perfection. I'm going to give you right standing with God. But you have to accept it. Promiscuous. You might be unworthy, but God says you're worth it. It all starts today, and and this is what I find, it all started with an invitation. It all starts with an invitation. It starts with an invitation. Will you trust me? As he was hanging on the cross with arms stretched out, his last statement before he gave his last breath was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Sometimes I've come to this realisation that sometimes we just don't know. We just don't know. Some people just don't know. And if we can take that revelation in sharing who Christ is, then we can see them in the light of how Christ saw them. The very people that put him on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them. In turn, he embraced them as well. The two thieves, one on the left and one on the right, one was mocking him. Well, if you are the Son of God and started joining in, hey, get us out of here, get us down. The other thief goes, hey, listen, come on. You see this man, he's done no wrong. And he asks the question, hey, Jesus, today... Come on, will you forgive me? And Jesus is like, hey, today you'll be walking with me in paradise. Outstretched arms, he embraced all of humanity. I believe this, if we're going to reach our world, we need to have the heart of Christ to be able to embrace all of humanity. No matter where they are from, no matter what they've done, who they are, we need to be able to embrace and love without stretched arms. Today, church, do you live with outstretched arms? With a heart of forgiveness. With a heart of purity. With a heart for the lost. John 15, verse 13, it says, Greater love has no man than this, than he lay down down one's life for his friends. If we're going to reach our world, then we need to do it in the same way as our Saviour. Outstretched arms with a posture of grace. And I'll tell you, that posture of grace hurts. It wasn't nails that held him to a cross. It was a vision. It was a love for humanity. Will you live like that? Will we live like that? Will we be a church that is known for that? If you'd like to bow your heads, close your eyes. Just as I finish in prayer. Father, I thank you today. 
that you demonstrated, that you lived with outstretched arms, that you embraced each and every one of us here, Father God. And as you embraced us, we just accepted the invitation, the invitation of love, the invitation of salvation, the invitation of relationship with God. And we thank you for that today, Father God. We thank you for that opportunity. We thank you for the opportunity that we responded to the good news. Today, Father, let us not just accept it and do nothing. But God, let us be a church that embraces the world around us, embraces those that don't know you, Lord, that they will come to a knowledge of who you are. That the gospel that you've given us is the power unto salvation. That we will not be ashamed to declare the love of Christ. Today, Father, we pray for those that are away from you. Maybe it's family members. Maybe it's friends. Maybe it's colleagues. Right now, we pray for those ones. Lord, that they will come to a knowledge of you. They will find salvation. They will find wholeness. They will find the miracle that is Christ. Spirit of God, come and intertwine their lives today. We thank you. Just as heads bowed and eyes are closed, I want to give people that maybe don't have a relationship with God. Or maybe you've had a relationship with God and it just fallen away I want to give you an opportunity to respond today to the gospel to Jesus he died for you and I on a cross outstretched arms he knows where you're at he knows what you need and he's just waiting waiting for you to respond to the gift, the gift of relationship, the gift of right standing with God. We cannot earn it. We can only receive it. And so this morning as I give an invitation, will you receive it? Will you receive His life today? Will you receive relationship with God? Will you receive right standing today? If you want to receive this invitation today, I would love for you just to raise your hand so I know who I'm praying with. Well, no one's looking. So I can pray this morning for you. Father God, we just thank you today. Thank you for the hearts, the ones right now. Lord God, I pray that you seal salvation within the lives of individuals. Lord God, I pray right now that your your grace and your love will come and flow around individuals, intertwining their hearts, connecting them to you, Father. Lord, we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God a hand.